Blog Talk Radio. show for you and it's going to be awesome for you guys thank you so much for joining us here on the alan alfred sports talk show i'm alan alfred and definitely if you'd like to join in please feel free at any time call in at 516-418-5572 516-418-5572 please let your voice be heard there's no wrong answers here on the alan alfred sports talk show we're going to go ahead and get the show started in a few moments. But first, we're going to thank our wonderful sponsor, Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce. So delicious and addicting, you may need a support group. Really appreciate Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce for being our fantastic sponsor. Feel free to pick up a four-pack at flbbqsauce.com. Again, it's flbbqsauce.com. And you can also visit Chef G's right here in Tampa, right at the showcase at 301 South 22nd Street, right here in Tampa, Florida. Check them out. If you need culinary services, you need some barbecue sauce, he can got that all covered for you. And I want to thank not only Chef G for being a fantastic sponsor, but I did see that Chef G, his son is getting married today, and that's awesome. He's at the wedding, so congratulations to Gaston Jr. Fantastic. Well done. And without further ado, we're going to go ahead and play a a song by Sam Scola. Really appreciate Sam Scola and his beautiful wife, Mary, right there in Maine. He's our fantastic songwriter. He wrote the introduction song and he worked this great song for for our great sponsor, Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce. We're going to play this wonderful tune for you. Then we're going to go ahead and get this show started 
on the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show. Counting for variety, Chef G's Florida barbecue sauce, a natural flavor. Chef G's Florida barbecue sauce, Florida gold honey mustard on burgers and ribs. Tasty fusion on pork and sausage, a classic Chicken steak tips, a hot heat wave on meatballs and ham. It's a cookout treat, Chef G's Florida barbecue sauce. Serve on fish and vegetables, Chef G's Florida barbecue sauce, Chef G's. Florida barbecue sauce, Chef G's, Florida barbecue sauce. There you go, Chef G's Florida barbecue sauce, so delicious and addicting, you may need a support group. Please check out Chef G's at flbbqsauce.com and it's flbbqsauce.com thank you sam scola we're going to go ahead and get this party started we're going to go ahead and bring on a fantastic caller hey how you doing so far today lou okay Alan, thanks you're welcome how you been though so, um i will say this uh the postseason is not going exactly as i thought it would yeah, that is definitely an understatement. You're right about that. It's definitely a lot of surprises there. What are the things that have surprised you or caught you by, you know, something that blindsided you? I mean, you know, the top teams, you know, Atlanta out, out this round, uh, the Dodgers, although some thought, well, they were they get beat every year anyway, so that didn't matter. But, you know, the big three, you know, the Orioles, the Dodgers, yeah, and yeah. Least, you know, all Alistair. <laughs> I don't get it. I mean, they dominated all season long, and then they just choked in the playoffs. What you know what it is? I feel what you're saying, and I know that first and foremost, before I give you my opinion, what are your thoughts about them having so much rest? Do you think that played a factor in these series? You know, I'm – you know, it can go either way. I mean, I've always thought rest versus rust. I mean, you know, the big issue here because you know, you got you got to buy and you know you earn the rest. So yeah, you might as well take it. But you know, at the same time though, I heard reports like, well, you can really mess up your rhythm by getting that week off while everybody else is there. So it kind of goes both ways. Yeah, Derek Jeter did say that, which I'm going to talk a bit more about that, expand on that, about the fact that having so much rest, it really slows you down offensively. You know, but you've earned the rest. I mean, you were the best team in the division. But one big thing about it is I feel as if the postseason is very different than the regular season. It's it's almost like you can't compare the two. Once the, post, once the regular no. season is over – that's that's it. It's like everybody 
has a clean slate. Yeah. I mean, yes, you might have home field advantage, but re- you know, when it comes to performance, if you won a hundred and plus games, it really doesn't matter. No, I guess it doesn't. Yeah, and I mean, I, I the, never. Go ahead. I never really been believing in home bands that much anyway. And I agree with you. The main thing with I look at postseason is that everything is scrutinized and you definitely have to make sure that you make your pitches and you play solid defense and timely hitting. Those three things. You know, I give David Justice props on that. He said that. And that's resonated to me for years that he said the three things that win playoff games is pitching, defense, and timely hitting. Yeah. You know, the Phillies, I'm, I wasn't surprised that the Phillies beat the Braves. I mean, I. Derek yeah. Jeter said that because of the rest, he felt as if that was going to be a big concern. I do feel as if it made a, an impact, but I don't think it was the whole story. Nick Castellanos got hot, man. He got hot. And when you're letting up that many mm-hmm. home runs in a, in a series, I don't care who you're facing. I don't care who you are. If you can't match that, you have a hard time winning. I mean, he was taking off. Yeah, it was. But I, yeah, I mean... <sighs> I did want to get your thoughts, though, on on your Jets. How do you think they're going to do this weekend? I'm against the Eagles team that's you know, unbeaten. I don't want to get that much of a chance. They're really struggling with the Wolves this year. You think they're going to I do mean, better than they did against the Chiefs or, or worse? No, no, worse. If we had Rodgers, maybe we have a shot, but um, – no. Now at this quarterback. I don't think he played that bad against the Chiefs. In fact, I I think he outplayed Pat Mahomes. I know that that sounds crazy, but he made all right, he had the handoff fumble, but to me that you can't really chastise him just for that because that does happen. I mean, it it stinks, but I thought he played his probably one of his best games. I don't think he played that. I didn't think he played that poorly. I really didn't. I thought he he made some very good throws. No, but I think it was just a bit much for him. I mean, who do you think is better? This is Zach Wilson or Russell Wilson. Who do you think is better right now? You know, I think I had to say Zach. He's gotten better at least since the name of comments. Yeah, I think with Zach Wilson, he's one of those type of players that's going to need a, need a bit more time. He's more of a project than I thought, meaning yeah. he needs more playing time. That's what I think. And these are going to be the growing pains. I don't think he's that that bad of a quarterback. I don't know. I know that doesn't sound good, but I thought he played pretty good against the, the Chiefs. That's yeah. one of the top teams in the division. Okay, you had a hand-up fumble. That's something you need to work on a bit more. But a hand-up fumble could also be the center's fault, too. It, it yeah. may not all be on Zach. So, to, in all fairness, that's another reason why I can't really chastise him on that one play. And if you make one bad play throughout the game or one or two, 
realistically, you had a very good game. Yes. So I don't, I don't think he's that poor. I think this is what I think. I think the Jets fans need to be a bit more supportive. I saw a clip where he was walking up the field with him and the coach, and the fans were letting him have it. And I'm like, okay, that's kind of unfair. He played a pretty good game. The best team, one of the, arguably the best team in the in the league, them or the Chiefs, and you could put another team in there, San Francisco, but. Against one of the better teams, or one of, arguably one of the best teams in the league, he didn't play that poorly for you to be kind of like chastise him. You got to yeah. show some more support. You got to be more supportive. I think as a fan, I think you got to be more supportive. Yeah. That's just my thing, my take on it. You know, he's a young quarterback. This is what you get. I mean, this is he's not a he doesn't have that type of experience. He the only way you get it is through playing, and these are some of the growing pains you get. But I, I definitely think Yeah. So your thoughts on the Dodgers? I'll put you on I'll stuck you in one word. In big bold capital capital C, capital H, capital O, capital Okay, he choked. Yeah, the thing is, I I agree with you. It does. And the thing about them is, I I do think definitely between the Braves and the Phillies and the Dodgers and the Diamondbacks, I just feel as if the Dodgers, you know, with that type of payroll and to play that flat, I, I just, I agree with you. I agree. At least I felt as if the, the Braves. Yeah, I. I feel as if the Braves, at least put up somewhat of a fight, being that they had so much time off when they kind of yeah. caught, they got their feet underneath them, and that 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 game that they won on a double play, that was awesome. Yeah, well, I if mean, it that, wasn't for the Tiger catching the seventh inning, it might have had a different outcome too. I thought another thing that could have changed the series was when Akuda told the guy to come on on the pass ball, and he he went halfway and came back. I, I think you got to trust your teammate. If he's telling you to go, you can't hesitate. You got to go. Go. Yeah, I think yes, they, it, it would have made the game three two, but I think that's that momentum and that lack of trust. You can't have that in a in a postseason game. You just can't. It, it, those things, no. those things could change the series. In fact, later in the show, I'm going to talk about the flip and uh, Derek Jeter's play. Those type of plays can change the series. I thought that was a big mistake not to take that, not to attempt to go home. Yeah. But yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a great great weekend, and. I know you got something cooking on, you know, today's Friday the 13th, but tomorrow's the 14th. I know you got something cooking for tomorrow on Saturday. Oh, sure. We'll go by the um, NLB playoffs, the, the League National and American League Championship. Of course, over college football and pro football predictions. Uh, WNBA playoffs, it's looking bad for Liberty. They're down 2-0. They got to win Sunday or Vegas repeats as champions. So we'll take care of that. Um also, the first week of the NHL and uh, NBA preseason, 
And along with uh, your thoughts and comments, the ridiculous sign of the week, sports trivia, the week injury. Oh, yeah, we also got some Olympic news because there's some uh, new events that are coming out for the uh, 2028 uh, and 2032 Olympics. Some I think are a great idea. Some I think are a completely stupid idea. I'll explain tomorrow. Number to call is, of course, 512-543-4662. All again, 512-543-4662. And remember, that's 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern time. There you go, folks. Make sure you check in. And Lou is on YouTube, too. Lou, the Enhanced Sports Show. You can see Lou right there. Yep. You also can 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time Zone. That's tomorrow. Phone number again is 512-543-4662. Again, it's 512-543-4662. It's going to be an awesome time with Lou at the Enhanced Sports Show. Make sure you guys call in and support him. And I did want to say, Lou, we are celebrating my son's birthday. His birthday is on Sunday, but we're going out on Saturday. I will do my very best to call in. I will do my very best. Okay. Thanks, Alan. Oh, you're welcome. I appreciate you. Always a pleasure. That is the great Lou. Make sure you guys call in. Definitely. And I always appreciate Lou. So, yes, let me, before I go ahead and get delve into this, this great show we're going to have, let me go ahead and wish my son a happy birthday. He's going to have his birthday. It's officially on Sunday, 15th. And it's really cool that me and my myself and my son, we celebrate our birthday 11 days apart. So, happy birthday to Alan Alfred Jr. Yep, that's my boy. Love him to death. So he's going to have a great birthday. And, yeah, so we're going to go ahead and kick things off, starting about the NFL news and a lot of things to talk about. You know, we had the big game, the San Francisco 49ers against the Cowboys. And that was a huge game because everybody thought the Cowboys would come in there to do some big things, and everybody – Felt as if San Francisco was going to do big things. Well, it ended out being a one-sided affair, and San Francisco just completely dominated. I mean, they were just a step ahead of the Cowboys the whole way through. It was a thorough, thorough, thorough annihilation, to say the least. And a lot of people are questioning, is Brock Purdy the real deal? And I would say unequivocally, yes, he is. That's just too much of a sample size of seeing him play Last year, he got injured. He's coming back balling. I love what I'm seeing from Brock Purdy because the thing about it is it's not about egos or emotion. It's about winning. That's something that I came up with. It's not about egos or emotions. It's about winning. That's in a quote in my book, Sailor Heart Out. The reason why I bring that up is because Brock Purdy says himself, he understands that he doesn't have the strongest arm in the league. He stays within himself, and he makes the reads and makes the throws that he needs to. He doesn't try to overpower things. He doesn't try to, you know, get the bravado. He just makes the plays that are required, and he does it consistently. And he convincingly 
outplayed Dak Prescott. He didn't force anything. He didn't try to do too much. He just made, he hit the open receiver at the right time. And man, I'm impressed with him. And what I love about him too, he's, I hope he continues to play hard like he's doing and stays humble. The guy roommates with somebody in San Francisco. He's smart with his money. It's expensive to live in San Francisco. I'm telling you, I visited San Francisco, which is a fantastic place for you guys to go visit. A lot of great things to see. You'll have a fantastic time in San Francisco. It was what I expected and even more. And if you want to have an apartment in big city like San Francisco, New York, or things like that, California, you're going to pay top dollar. So he does a smart thing in roommates. And Josh Sequoia, Brock Purdy is definitely authentic and the real deal. And I would even go this far as saying that it was such a great performance by Brock Purdy. It almost made you feel as if he was the guy getting those big checks over Dak. I mean, I hate to say this, but Dak is running on thin ice. He's going to have to start producing. He's going to have to start producing. I mean, I know he's had some, you know, some stints with injuries, but you got some playmakers on your team. You, you got to start making you got to start doing better. That's just the bottom line, man. I just feel as if this is not good if you continue to play this way. So Brock Purdy is authentic. He is the real deal. Props to Brock Purdy with everything he's doing, coming back strong from that injury. And one big topic that also came up this week, was the Brady versus Belichick. And now that Brady's retired and Belichick, Coach Belichick is the one who is, uh, you know, definitely having tough time, not only winning, but even being competitive in games now, is just, just getting annihilated, to say the least. I think this is a situation where Coach Belichick is gonna kind of getting reaping what he sowed. You know, he didn't really appreciate Tom Brady throughout his career. Tom Brady's a goat for a reason. You know, I think they both worked well together when they were doing their thing in New England. But I think the underlying thing is he, you know, Brady couldn't stand him, but he did work well with him. So he just kind of just let it go like that. But I think. You know, Bill is now reaping what he saw, meaning he didn't appreciate the GOAT while he was playing underneath him. And now you have players that just do not compete. Let me just call it like that. I mean, I hate to say it, but Mac, you know, he's just, Mac Jones is, is not, he's nowhere near in that Brady category. And this is the play you get, you know, Tom Brady was very good at reading, making those passes, catching the ball, the flap with Gronk. That's another person I don't think Bill Belichick really appreciated was Gronk. And it rubbed players over the years the wrong way. And, you know, we all know what happened. So I do think Bill Belichick is a great mind and a great coach, but I do think there's, I know he's old, he's probably not going to learn anything new, but there is something to be told with, appreciating the players that you have as a coach because you can't just be drilling them in the head all day long. You have to, you know, 
say, hey, I'm in a great situation. You know, sometimes with egos and get the best of you, and this is what happens. You know, you start thinking it's all you're winning just because of you. You need to have playmakers on your team too. You could have great coaching, but if you don't have players with talent that can go ahead and execute, you're not losing. So it's pretty bad right now for the Patriots. Hopefully they can go ahead and get things turned around. I don't see it. I think they'll just kind of be a team that's going to whisk it in the air and basket and win, and then they'll win a game here and there. But I don't think it's going to be anything consistent enough to really hold off the better teams in the league. And it's going to get, unfortunately, worse before it gets better for the Patriots. But this is, you know, wake-up call. You got to appreciate the people you have working with you. You know, you got to have common ground. And leading into that is Russell Wilson indeed washed up as the media says he is. Well, I don't think he's washed up, but I would say it's getting, it's, it's not looking good for Russell. Let me just say it like that. It hasn't been looking good for a while, but when you think he's going to break out and maybe at least show some flashes of who he used to be, it just seems like it gets anticlimactic and it gets worse and worse. When he played against, when the Broncos went ahead and played against Kansas City, that was the opportune time for Russell to at least show some flashes. The reason why I say that, it was a Thursday night game. All eyes are on you. You had a great opportunity to kind of right the ship. I actually thought Russell was going to play even better because, not for nothing, but when you have a great quarterback on the other side of the field, it becomes, you know, me against you type of thing, and usually both quarterbacks elevate their play. It did not happen that way. Russell looked real slow, like getting out of the pocket. He just didn't look quick and nimble. He looked very, instead of running whatever he ran before, it looked like he added two seconds to that run. It did not look sharp at all. For example, there was a couple times where the defender was running at him with their hands up. The old Russell Wilson would have spun out, threw the ball, passed the guy or evaded the rush, not so much because he had time to move to the left or right and still throw the pass, the old Russell Wilson would have done that. This Russell Wilson didn't throw the pass and took a sack. And to get under 100 yards passing in the game with one touchdown towards the end, that's just – and with two picks, you, you run on thin ice and – I would even say if they didn't pay him this type of money, he would be in worse shape. He's almost trending the way he's going, the way Colin Kaepernick was going before he started kneeling. Colin Kaepernick, before he started kneeling, was maybe not even a whole half, was maybe a quarter away from being benched. That's how poorly his play had diminished. And I feel as if, you know, if Russell continues this way, I can see Sean Payton trying to put throw him underneath the bus and maybe benching Russell. I could see that happening because Sean Payton is that guy that don't want to take that blame. So to save face, he, he might set him down for a quarter or half. We'll see. So Russell, it's 
if you're gonna start cooking, you better get that. You better get that. Definitely the oven warmed up and ready ASAP. So one other person who wants to take his spot, if they could, was RG3 says he could still play. And should he? You know, guys who are ball players, they always feel like that. If you saw that clip in Walmart where the guys hold the football and he's like, pretending like, hey, try to knock this out, Leo. He got it tucked in, trying to knock this out. He's he's working at Walmart, and not to say anything wrong with Walmart. There are guys who actually who part time play in Walmart, but he was not that that guy. He was that guy like holding on to a dream that probably expired about four or five years ago. And RG three, look, RG three was a very good player for about two or three seasons. And then it just went straight downhill. He got injured upon injured and injured. And yes, he could probably still technically play. But to be real with you, you do have other. The NFL has better options. I'm just going to say it like that. Just because you're a mobile quarterback and you can run and throw the ball doesn't mean you could be a starting quarterback in the NFL. Main thing you need to do in the NFL, first and foremost, before you start running, is you need to make the passes accurately. And RG3 is a very good situation. He's an analyst. He gets to watch all the game sidelines. You know, stay in your lane is what I would say. At this point, that dream has already sailed. I know he want to say, well, we're going to be a distraction if you bring us in. Everybody wants to feel good about not being the guy. And if that's what makes you feel better, go ahead. But I think a lot of GMs would disagree. So you're in a good position. You can hold on to the dream, but no, I don't think RG3 should be playing. I think he's in a very good position where he's at. And one huge revelation that did come to light in the NFL world and sports world was that Aaron Rodgers gets paid, you know, a hundred thousand per show. And he got it paid in excess of a million dollars to be a regular guest on the pack McAfee show that came to light this week. And I'd have to tell you, when I heard this story, I was, I'd have to say kind of disappointed, not not disappointed in so much Aaron Rodgers. If you're offering him money and, and you know, I can't really fault him for taking it. I was disappointed in Pat McAfee. And, you know, you have a show that has a lot of followers. You got paid a big contract prior to joining ESPN. And then you got paid another big contract to join ESPN. I don't see why you would have the need of paying Aaron Rodgers to be on your show. I just don't see it. Like that just goes beyond me because look, anytime you do an interview on a show, whether you're an athlete or not, guess what? It's a two way street. It looks great on Pat McAfee. But it also looks great on the athlete or the entertainer that's showing up. It makes you relevant as a person. It makes you an authority 
So, and it's great advertisement because it's showing that you're desired to be someone else's a guest on this show. Not only that, you can usually promote a book or show or something. They usually understand you're going to probably plug that at some point. They usually will allow that. So it's a form of using someone's platform to build your relevance and your network as well as cross-promote. So the reason why I say this is because it's a win-win. person as well-known as Pat McAfee shouldn't and doesn't need to pay someone to be on their show. If Aaron Rodgers doesn't want to do it, it's okay. Get someone else. Ask someone else to come on the show. That's it. That's that's it. I, I don't I was disappointed when I heard this morning. I'm like, wow. He really has to pay someone. I mean, look, it's one thing if you're gonna have somebody come in and do a lot do a show right in your studio. Most of the shows I've seen was remote. So that's even more crazy you pay someone that type of money to do a remote interview. But if you are gonna have a situation where somebody's going to come to your studio and do it. And in this situation, yes, you might cover the expense of the flight, the hotel, you know, food, those expenses, those, you know, you would cover those. Those are just the right thing to do. But paying them for the interview? No, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'll let you know right now, right off the bat, if you have a desire to come on my show, I would love to have you as a guest. I'd be honored. But I'm not going to pay for you to come on my show. I'm sorry. You know what I'm saying? It's a win-win. You get shine, I get some shine. And in more cases, you get more shine than me because you probably are promoting something that can be sold. I'll use myself as an example. I'm not going to mention a company's name, but I got invited to be interviewed on a national network, CNBC. I did the interview. It was a lot of fun. And because I did the interview, they plugged my book. They asked me about my book. It came into conversation. I sold more books in that time that I just did that little interview than I did face-to-face. I mean, I sold hundreds of copies of books just on that interview. And these are most of these people, maybe some of them knew me, but I think I have a feeling a lot of people didn't know who I was. You see what I'm saying? It's a win-win. So you should not have to pay someone any money to come on your show. And it is, I would agree, it is poor journalism. I'll just say it like that. You know, if I offer that type of money to somebody, I'd be hard-pressed that most people would would not jump at it. But no, I'm not paying you to come on the show. If you're going to come and do a studio, yes, it would be the proper etiquette for me to cover your expenses to make it out here. But no, no, especially if we're doing it remote. Oh, no, not paying you. So it was disappointing. I would just say it like that. And that was the big revelation. And I really can't say it was bad on Aaron because, you know, if you're offering, I can't say why, why not, you know, but we're going to go ahead and talk a bit more about the NFL. We're going to go ahead and talk into our predictions. And I'd have to say, 
let's get into it. You know, the Chiefs, I did predict the Chiefs to, to beat the Broncos. There's no doubt about that. That's a pretty much a give me pick. And sure enough, they did. This weekend, the Ravens and the Titans are in London. It's always a great thing. Now, this is going to be a great game. The Titans versus the Ravens, always very good and competitive when they get together. But I do think the Titans are going to do their thing and win this game. We have here the Panthers and the Dolphins. I have the Dolphins winning that game. And I did want to say that was really cool that Tyreek Hill, what he did. For those who don't know, Tyreek scored a touchdown. When he scored the touchdown, he was trying to give his mother, who was in the stands, who was about six, seven rows back, the football. So there was a guy who was in between them on the side and he was trying to kind of toss it up to her and he made it clear Tyreek made it clear he was giving it to someone it was very clear to me at least and to make a long story short the person took the ball covered it up like he was going to keep it the security and other people said yo that's his mom he gave the ball rightfully so to his mom and people accused him of trying to steal the ball Tyreek Hill just the other day met with that gentleman and gave him a signed football, which is really cool. Props to Tyreek Hill for doing that. You know, my thoughts on this is this. If a football player is pointing or a baseball player is pointing to somebody in the stand that they are obviously directing where they want the ball to go, Get the ball, you do the right thing and hand it to the person. It, I, he did say several times that he was not trying to take the football, but it could have been a joke. It was not well received that way. I kind of agree with Tyreek. It did look like he was having bad intention of taking it. I don't know that for a fact, but it does, it does appear that way. And then when it came to light that, yo, this is the mom. That gentleman was not going to leave that stands with that football. I'll tell you that right now. There was going to be a lot of people who was going to stick up and try to take that ball from him. So he better have been like that guy in Walmart, that, that video that went viral of the guy who, who should have quit on his dream years ago. You know, he had to hold on to that ball and hold on to life because he wasn't going to leave with that football. So the point is, guys, if you get a ball in the stands and they are directed to someone else, Make sure you give it to that kid or the girl because you never know who it might be. So I'm glad it had a happy ending. But, yeah, I kind of agree with Tyreek. It didn't look like he had thoughts about taking it. I'll say it like that. And read it, read it in the comments. It seemed like a lot of, pe- a lot of other people would have taken it. I mean, clearly he's directed to someone else, man. Don't, do, don't, don't be that guy. Don't be that guy. And let me go ahead and continue with the predictions. Let me do that for you right now. So we also have side the Dolphins beating the Panthers. We have the Texans versus the Saints. Should be a very good game. And you know what? I got the Texans coming out with a with a shocker and winning that game. I have the Texans coming out winning. Commanders versus the Falcons. This is almost a pick em, but I think the Commanders will do what they need to do to win a game. We have the Jaguars versus the Colts. I love what I saw with the Jags 
They started to come around, started clicking. I think the Jazz going to beat the Colts. You have the Seahawks versus the Bengals. That's going to be another very, very good game. But I just think the Seahawks, I, I don't know. I just, I just think that they're starting to pick up some steam, and I think the Bengals are going to go ahead and win that game. Joe Burrow seems like come back. I think he's going to follow us up with a with a win. We have the Vikings versus the Bears. It's another pick of two. <laughs> I see my guy doing big things, and I, I think DJ Moore is going to do it. So I got the Bears winning. 49ers versus the Browns is going to be a very good game, but I definitely think the 49ers are going to win. They are a well-oiled machine. The Patriots and the Raiders. I think the Raiders are going to win that game. We have the Lions and the Bucks. This is going to be, and it's also creamsicle game too, so they're going to wear the old school creamsicle uniforms. For those who don't know, big props to the Bucks for bringing the creamsicle jerseys back. That should be a very good game. The Detroit Lions are doing their thing. Because they got the creamsicles, I'm picking the Bucks. We have the Rams and the Cardinals. It's going to be a very interesting game. But I do have the Rams winning. Eagles versus the Jets. You heard what Lou said. I agree. I think the Eagles are going to win this game too. Although I do feel as if the Jets are going to get a little bit better. It's the Eagles is tough to deal with. Giants versus the Bills. I have the Bills winning. Then we have the Cowboys versus the Chargers. This should be a good test for the Cowboys to make up for what they did. And I feel as if because they do have good defense, I do feel as if the Cowboys are going to do what they need to do and win against the Chargers. I know it's always a risk when you choose the Cowboys, but I'm going to go on a limb and say, the Cowboys are going to win a game against the Chargers. So those are my predictions. we got a lot more coming on here on the Allen Alford Sports Talk Show. So we're going to go ahead and shift gears and talk a little bit about the XFL experience, the XFL showcase that I went to last Saturday. I have a lot to say about that. We're going to take a quick little break. We're going to play a Sam Scola song here, the sports theme song by Sam Scola. Really appreciate Sam Scola and his beautiful wife, Mary, there in Maine. If you need to go ahead and sign a fantastic artist, please reach out to me here at the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show. I'll put you in contact with Sam Scola. We will make things happen. In the meantime, we'll play a little sports theme song for you guys by Sam Scola. Take this little break, and I will be back. We got the XFL Major League Baseball, we also have NHL and boxing. So plenty more to come on the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show. Stay tuned. Sports theme by Sam Scola.
that sports theme song by Sam Scola. Really appreciate Sam Scola in Maine. And we're going to update you on the XFL. So I went to the very first, not the first one they've had, the very first one I was able to attend, the XFL Showcase right here in Orlando, Celebration High School. And it was Saturday morning. Let me just give you the logistics of it. There was over 300 men who came there. The cap, it was sold out. The event sold out. They had a cap of 300, and apparently there was about 314. I guess some, some people who, I guess they overbooked or whatever. But, yes, it was over 300 guys, 150-plus for the off uh, the defense, 150-plus guys for the offense. And they both was out there doing their thing. So a lot of competition. You know, at the showcase, I will say what I observed, there was some percentage of guys that were just, for lack of better words, kind of like the Walmart clip guy I was telling you about who should have given up on their dream about five, six years ago. There was about maybe 10 to 15% of the guys, unfortunately, that were wasting their time, meaning they were not professional football players it was very obvious to everybody but that said player that's not a diss that's just the way it was okay they paid their fee and they thought they were keeping that dream alive and i respect that but again everybody could see they were not on that level except them there was some but Outside of that, most of the guys were out there balling. Most of the guys were at least pretty good, very good, and excellent. You know, they there was guys. That's the amazing thing is there was. This is why I always say that when you get to the NFL or professional league and you start playing as a starter, you need to maximize that opportunity because. By me covering the XFL, and this is, it is very difficult for you to get to that level of NFL. Let me just tell you that because it's not because you're not really good. It's because there's a lot of great competition. I agree with what Coach Buckley, who's the GM and the head coach, what he said, what there was a lot of immense talent. I agree. There was a lot of immense talent aside from, you know, said guy who should have given up on his goal or that dream. Yeah, the overwhelming majority of players was very good. Having said that, I was able to get, as you guys saw, a lot of great interviews. I still have plenty more interviews to put up. I'm going to put them up starting next week. I cannot. And for those people who are listening who are expo players, if you got interviewed, the reason why I could not put them all up is because, and it's actually for your benefit. Let me explain to you why. Okay, and I'll get more details about the XFL showcase. The one of the things you don't want to do with social media is over post. Believe me and you, I have a marketing degree. I will tell you, you don't want to over post. And when you what is what happens when you over post? People just scroll on up on your feed. They just whisk on by. So you don't want to over post. And I felt with the amount of interviews that I did, I could have easily fell victim to that if I didn't spread the content out. So that's the reason why. And again, also, if you're a player, 
I'm putting up the interviews in the order. The order that I've gotten the interview from the person is the next man up. It's not, I'm not skipping people like putting on who I want to put up. No, I'm going in the order received and I'm spreading out the content. As I mentioned to whoever who hasn't maybe heard this, I'm not put, blasting them all up in one shot. That's, and it's to your benefit because number one, if they scroll up, you've missed the opportunity. Number two, another thing is this. I put a nice write-up before I actually put your interview up. That write-up is important because it gives people some insight about you. And not only that, it gives you more of an opportunity for people to be not only interested in you, but for you to get signed or attention. If I just put a blurb up of one sentence, put your name up, yeah, you might get some friend, you know, your friends might see you and might get a little shine, but it may not be as effective overall. You want it to be effective overall, meaning you want your friends and family to see it, but you also want somebody who's interested in signing you or getting you on the team to see it too and to read a little bit about you. So that's how we roll here on the Allen Alfred Sports Hub Show. We give everybody an opportunity, and that's why I've been doing it one interview per at most one interview per day I put up and that's been the theme and this weekend I took a little bit of a break not because I didn't want to put the interviews up but again you don't want to overpost. I put up four <laughs> this week I felt like that was more than enough so yes it, it, all the interviews were fantastic let me just say that too I appreciate all the men who participated in the Allen Alfred Sports Art Show showcase and those who contributed with the pictures and video. You guys are awesome. Yeah, don't overpost is the key. Don't overpost. And want to give you guys a spotlight. So the showcase. What I would say is this to some of the fellas, and if you are someone who missed this showcase and is showing up to another showcase, or you have a desire to play on maybe not football or baseball, but you're going to a tryout or a situation like this where you're going to be evaluated, here are some of my feedback. Number one, pay close attention to detail. The reason why I say it is because sometimes guys, it is, you know, the coaches or they give you instruction, it's blah, 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 blah. And they want you to know or already anticipate you already know what's up. Sometimes it's not that fast that you pick it up. So pay close attention to detail. Another thing is this. You are basically advertising yourself to get a gig. Play close attention to detail. The cameraman literally had to say about 20 times. I even took a picture of the yellow line. Do not pass the yellow line. He had to repeat that so many times that I'm like, guys, you're not listening. Believe me, you people are paying attention to that too. Then they, he clearly said, do not walk on the track with your cleats and also use this black path when you do walk. Some guys didn't follow that. Follow that a simple instruction too. So, you got to make sure you pay attention to details, focus, and you got to go out there and leave it on the field. You got to do your very, very, very best 
you know, uh, I would suggest if you're going to try to showcase, you watch some of the videos as far as the documentary of just a showcase to give you more insight of what drills are going to be done so you can prepare well in advance. So come day of this type of showcase, you shine. You want to work your run. You want to work on your hops, all of that. So I wish the men a lot of success. The showcase and people who showed up, it's amazing that people, you know, holding on to that dream to be an NFL player. It's, 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 you know, the odds are against you just because of the amount of people you're competing against. But definitely, I respect and admire the hustle. You know, somebody you could be talking to, I can interview, could end up landing on an XFL roster. And if you are, believe me in you, you're going to get a lot of attention. If you end up getting in a roster, start start playing. So it was an awesome showcase. The last one that they're doing underneath the umbrella of XFL is this month. And that's in San Diego. Also, I will be a guest on the XFL Insider Podcast show. That will be on October 24th. I will make sure I share those details. I did share, you know, a few weeks back that I'm going to be on the show, but I'll share some more as you get a bit closer. So expect to see that. Also, when it comes to the XFL, you know, I was not surprised that they did not answer any questions about the XFL and USFL merger. I was not surprised at all. In fact, I expected it because they're kind of, from what I understand, in a 30-day holding period where they really can't say any details because it still has to be approved. The merger, for those who don't know, still has to be approved. They still have to work out those details. So it's not a for sure thing it's going to go through. They just basically let people know publicly, we are talking, we are go- trying to hammer out details, and the overseeing body has to prove it. But they did decide to come to merge if the details matter. My thoughts on this, someone had asked me this too, on the merger is I feel overall the merger is going to be a great thing for spring football and also for expo players and coaches. So first of all, let me give a round of applause if the merger does go through. Now, as I said, details, 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 and details matter. I also said this part that it's better if you're a fan who never was really into spring football and now you see this merger and you kind of like, okay, I can believe this project's going to be around. You're probably going to be the fan that's going to probably enjoy this merger the most. The other person who wants their team, who's a diehard XFL or USFL fan, depending on who you are, you may not be as thrilled about this because there is going to be, from what I understand, again, this is not official, there are going to be a couple of teams that are on the chopping block. So depending on who you are, you might lose your team and or logo or something like that. So what we all know the logo is going to change if they do merge because it's going to be a USFL, going to be the national, the NSFL, National Spring Football League. So I would say depending on who you are, you may or may not be thrilled about this merger. But I think overall, it's going to be a very good thing for spring football and its survival. They're right now fighting to survive, but I think merging this league 
builds more strength and numbers, and that will show that, hey, after the NFL finishes their thing, there is another very awesome product that you can consume, and that is going to be the NSFL League. And so we'll see what happens there. So posted on all things XFL, USFL, and National Spring Football League. So we're going to go ahead and shift gears now and talk a little bit about the Major League Baseball. But I'm going to go ahead and talk about Jeter's 22nd anniversary of the flip. That is today. Today is Jeter's 22nd anniversary of the famous play, the flip. So let me give a round of applause. You know, to me, the question is, is this Jeter's best play ever? And I would say unequivocally, undoubtedly, hands down, yes. Yes, yes, yes. I know from a photography standpoint, the dive is more dramatic. It's probably a better fit for a picture because he's diving into the stands, whereas a flip, he wasn't diving into stands. You have to kind of get him and Posada, and it really depends on which angle you're at. But yes, I think the flip was the best play Jeter has ever made because it was such a play that was, you don't see it every day. It shows that he was engaged throughout the whole play. He was alert. He understood the situation. He hustled to get over there. And may he rest in peace. May he rest in peace. Jeremy Giambi, unfortunately, you know, he made one mistake in that play, and that's not sliding. He slides. He's probably safe. But the fact that he didn't, it took everything to get it right. Jeter doing the flip. Posada coming on with that swipe tag at the last moment and got him. And unfortunately, the late great Jeremy Giambi did not slide, and he was out. The reason why I also say it was the best play, because not only was it a stick to rule play, he said he practiced it. You can't practice it like that, the way he did it in a game. I, I just don't see it. The way the ball was offline and that much, you flip it. Yeah, I don't think so. But it was his best play because it just totally swung the momentum in a series, a five-game series. You know, the Oakland A's was – the big bad wolf, they blew down the house down. They won two games straight. They had a tremendous amount of confidence, and they were about to run right through the Yankees had it not been for that play. And it changed not only the, the way that, that you look at Jeter, but it just changed the whole series. So big props on the flip. Speaking of Jeter, Jeter made a, production, a prediction that he felt as if the Phillies, because of the fact that the Atlanta Braves had so much time off prior to playing them because they were the number one seed, they had five days off, he felt because of that rest, it was going to throw off the Braves offensively. And due to that, he felt as if the Phillies were going to go ahead and sweep and win the series. So it was mostly right. They they won one game, that the Braves. And that was a miraculous win with the double play. So having said that, yeah, he was right on the money. I mean, Jeter is a guy that played in a postseason. He played in more postseason games than he's 
than just about anybody. I had that crazy stat that he played in so many. He's played almost an entire season. Check this out, folks. Derek Jeter has played the equivalency of an entire regular season in his career for the postseason. That's how much he's been in a postseason in his experience. So he was right. He was right. He felt as if the as if the offense was going to struggle. He was mostly right on that. The only thing I would kind of question on that was I don't feel as if the Braves lost because they were kind of cold throughout the series. I think, yeah, maybe the first game, but I think the reason why they lost the series is because it wasn't so much their hitting got so cold. I think it was their pitching got so cold. Nick Castellanos was just having a series. Just, I mean, when you let somebody have that much, that many home runs, multiple home runs, where the postseason runs are a premium, that's a recipe for disaster. And that's what ended up happening. So, yeah. I mean, the Phillies went up and just did their thing. They were just the hotter team. I felt as if, you know, Bryce Harper, too, was playing great. And Nick Castellanos was just it's just too much offense, too much. Even if the, the Braves hit a little bit better in the series, I just don't think they can match that firepower, the least of what they were giving up. So the Phillies are advancing. That was a big thought. Talk about the fact that there's so much rest and because the first place team gets eliminated. Well, it's like this. You know, there is a difference between the postseason and the regular season. Everything in a postseason gets magnified. Some people cannot deal with that type of pressure. Everything where you normally have maybe one or two media outlets by you, you have a crew about 20. So it, it gets... You know, it's a lot more that's going on. And also, a lot of times in a regular season, people kind of let go a lot of things that they could prevent you from scoring or pitching and defense. During the playoffs, they don't let none of that go by. So a lot of times, they've already scouted you and have a way to counteract you. So it is going to be low scoring. But I don't feel, again, that the bats really were that cold for the Braves. I think the pitching was got really cold. And I do feel as if the Braves, by you not running and you not trusting your guy to give you that, give you the knowledge of going ahead and running, that cost the Braves. That could have been the training point of the series, just like it did for the flip. So we'll never know. And the question is, did the best team make it to the championship round? Well, I will say this much. It's not just the best team that continues to advance. It's a team that plays the best at the time usually continues to play. The counterpart does not. You know, when you are playing Major League Baseball and sport like that, you know, the main thing is, even if you had rest, to have all facets of the game. And I, I felt as if the Phillies showed that, and the Diamondbacks did. And it's very different, again, against regular season. Regular season, they might know what, what you're going to do, but they still just, all right, we'll just pitch you. Postseason, they scrutinize everything. The chance of you getting over is very, very slim. And did the best teams make it to the, a, the championship game? 
championship, the ALCS and the NLCS, I would say the team that plays the best usually goes ahead and wins. So, yes, I do feel as if the Phillies deserved it, more so than the Braves, based on their performance. And I also do feel as if it's not always the best team that advances. It's the team that plays the best at the time advances. And the Diamondbacks are playing very, very good, very solid football. I say that the way I feel is going to shake out, I feel as if the Astros are going to beat the Rangers. I hate to say that, but that team there, you know, in a, in a series, Dusty Baker and crew for Houston, they always are well-prepared and they're ready to go. So I got Houston winning that series. And the Phillies and the Diamondbacks, I feel as if the Diamondbacks is their time. I feel as if it's their time. I have the Diamondbacks beating. Definitely, I have the Diamondbacks going ahead and passing the Phillies and beating them. But yeah, that is my predictions. I'll keep you more up to date on more things on Major League Baseball. And we're going to take a little quick break here on the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show. I'm going to go ahead and play another great tune. Let me go ahead and do that for you. By Sam Scola tune. Let me see here. What should we play? Thank you, Sam Scola, for writing all these awesome songs. Really appreciate you. You're the best. Definitely. So what we will do is we'll play the sports theme song again on the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show. Really appreciate Sam Skoll and Mary. Let's play that tune right now. Sam Scola, really appreciate you out of Maine. Again, if you get assigned Sam Scola to that big contract, reach out to me here at the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show. Really appreciate Sam Scola and Mary. You guys are awesome. So, yes, the hat, they had the Tampa Bay Lightning home opener, and they won their home opener 5-3 to three to get the season started. Yeah, that's pretty cool that they went ahead and won. And they had a fantastic pregame celebration with the red carpet. 
You had Big Boy. It was, was going to be a great time. I saw some of the pictures. I unfortunately couldn't make it due to a schedule conflict, but that's okay. There is going to be a lot more content here on the Allen Alfred Sportsbook Show for the Tampa Bay Lightning. I'm going to make sure we go ahead and do that for you guys. A lot of great things happening in NHL, so you're going to get some more insight from me on that. Yes, so great way to start the season and a lot more with the Tampa Bay Lightning. So we're going to talk a little bit about boxing news and what is going on there. Well, still, I you know, it's like, it's like chase the tail type of thing. Terrence Crawford wants to fight Canelo. Now we see Canelo's kind of backtracking. It doesn't seem like he wants to fight Crawford because he's smaller and it might be doing more harm than good. So it does seem like Canelo is kind of waffling on actually going forward and giving Crawford an opportunity. I would say this. Terrence should just probably at this point not go ahead and fight Canelo and look to fight somebody at 154. I would say try to fight Jamel Charlo at 154, or you can fight Tim Zhu. And I think you fight Tim Zhu, you get a belt. That gives more motivation for Jamel Charlo to keep his word and have you fight him. And I just think, if you fight Tim Zhu, that would be great. And if you fight Charlo, that would be great as well. But I don't think Terrence should move with 168. There's too much weight to get, to gain and give up to your opponent. I feel as if the punches are not going to hurt nearly as much as he thinks they are against Premier Boxer. And that's why I do think Crawford should at max, go to 154. You get 154, you'll be undisputed in three different divisions, and you can ride off the sunset. You're, you're going to have to probably fight Tim Zhu first and Jamel Charlo second. So it should be interesting to see. I will keep you guys posted on all things boxing. So I will do that for you here on the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show. But yes, so Crawford should stay away from Canelo. I agree. And if Bob Aram says Crawford has no shot, I would take that to the bank because it usually comes out to be true. So props to top rank and props to my good friend Mark Chinook doing his big thing there, the announcer. Yeah, so it's going to be Fantastic. So that's wonderful. And I will just say that we're going to keep you posted on all things sports related here on the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show. So I'm going to go ahead. G's Florida Barbecue Sauce song by Sam Scola. Really appreciate Sam Scola doing such a fantastic job. We're going to go ahead and play the Sam Scola, Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce song. Chef G's Florida barbecue sauce, so delicious and addicting. You may need a support group. So check out Chef G's Florida barbecue sauce at flbbqsauce.com. Again, it's flbbqsauce.com. And you can visit my great friend, 
Chef G's right there at 301 South 22nd Street, Tampa, Florida. Definitely let them know the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show sent you. I'm going to go ahead and play for you guys the Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce by Sam Scola. Counting for variety, Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce. Natural flavor, Chef G's Florida barbecue sauce, Florida gold honey mustard on burgers and ribs, tasty fusion on pork and sausage, a classic taste for chicken steak tips, a hot on meatballs and ham It's a cookout treat Chef G's Florida barbecue sauce Serve on fish and vegetables Chef G's Florida barbecue sauce Chef G's Florida barbecue sauce Chef G's Florida barbecue sauce. Yes, thank you so much, Sam Scola. Really appreciate you doing your big thing here at the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show. Again, feel free to reach out to me, and I will connect you to Sam Scola. We need for Sam to get that big mega deal for all this great work great songs and i wanted to go ahead and give props to lou for calling in wanted to give props to you guys for listening to the alan alfred sports talk show let me give you our phone number 516-418-5572 516-418-5572 hold on to that number for next week you can chime in we're going to have a great guest for you also next Friday. I will share that information a bit later, so keep an eye on our page. Feel free to follow us at Alan Alford right there on YouTube. Just type my name, Alan Alford. And you can visit us on Facebook, Alan Alford Sports Talk Show. So definitely appreciate you all and your support. You guys are wonderful. Thank you so much for listening to another great episode of the Alan Alford Sports Talk Show. Be blessed. Be well. We're going to end the show with another great Sam Scola song. And really appreciate Sam Scola and Mary. You guys are wonderful. So you guys have a great weekend. And thank you again for listening and checking in on the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show.
Sunshine